step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The Dancing on Our Disabilities show is a global forum where you're invited to share your personal story of survival and triumph over disability. A meeting place to gather information from experts in the medical community and additional resources for the enrichment of society. A group dedicated to bringing information, support, and love into the lives of people with disabilities as well as their caregivers. Welcome to NSI and DOOD Radio, short for Never Say Impossible and Dancing on Your Disabilities. I'm Myra, your host. We celebrate amazing stories of triumph and applaud the human spirit for rising above adversity and moving towards success. We share motivational, inspirational stories as well as therapeutic and medical information. Today we are going to share a very inspiring story with you about an amazing woman named Linda Baron Katz. Her story is about never saying impossible to her problems and learning to dance on her disabilities. Linda has learned to manage bipolar disorder. She is an author and advocate for mental illness, erasing negative stigmas about the problem of mental illness. And of course, our topic today is bipolar disorder. Do you know what bipolar disorder is? Most people have limited understanding of the disorder. What most of us think or know is that people with bipolar swing radically from elated accelerated moods to deep depressions. That thinking would be correct. However, there is also a negative stigma around people who are suffering with this disorder, an unfair negative stigma. Society seems to be more critical of mental illness than they are of any other disorder. Perhaps that's because it's so misunderstood. Young people, adolescents, and teenagers live painful lives because they feel shunned by their peers. Social media has made this problem even more acute. Bullying and name-calling anonymously is common and can damage a person for life. Today we have a fabulous guest who is going to share her story of surviving mental illness, which is also the name of her memoir. After you listen to this interview, you will have a better understanding of what bipolar disorder really is. We'll be right back with our fabulous guest, Linda Baron-Katz, after a very short 
break. Do you have a B card global yet? Do you know what it is? It's amazing. It's a virtual business card, the ultimate marketing tool. Imagine never having to print another business card again. And best of all, you can have one for free. All you have to do is visit www.myraspeaks.com and grab your free B card. That's M Y R A S P E A K S dot com, Myra Speaks. Advertise and promote yourself, your business, your products and services on your smart devices or computer. Use it as a contact management system. Keep track of all your friends, family, business associates, downline, employees, prospects on your smart device and automatically update all information. Use it as an instant referral system. You can't beat it. Grab it while it's free. Once again, visit www.myraspeaks.com and get your free B card today. Welcome, Linda, to NSINDOOD Radio. We're delighted to have you here today. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. You have an amazing story, and what you're doing, I think, is something that will help millions of people because most people who have a disability, and I'm one of them, are live feeling shameful about the fact that they have a disability because we live in a world that says you should be perfect. Meanwhile, no one's perfect. But how old were you when you began to feel strange, something was wrong? Well, I I grew up as a depressed person because my mother um, was the first person to be diagnosed with a mental illness in my family. And ever since then, you know, my mother wouldn't take her pills, her meds, and my parents had awful fights about that. And it was a really rough time for us. And it lasted a couple of years. I grew up as an adult, as a depressed person, not always happy, not always sad, but sometimes it could be really bad. And um, I didn't develop certain symptoms until after college. When I after when I after two years after I graduated college, I was looking for a job in the business sector, and I couldn't find one, and that gave me more of a depression. And then suddenly, that depression was followed by a manic episode, a couple of them. And so, my father 
I didn't know what was going on and with me at the time. I assumed I was perfectly fine, but I wasn't. And my father, based on his experience from my mother, he knew I had some sort of mental illness. So he took me to my mother's psychiatrist in Babylon. And um, Dr. Nas diagnosed me with bipolar disorder. Linda, how did you feel about that? Learning that you actually, there was a reason for your depression and a reason that you felt the way you did. Well, when I first found out, I said to the doctor, great, I became like my mother. And he told me, you are not your mother. You are you. And hearing those words were very hard to hear, but at the same time, it made me realize that the problems that I'm having is different than my mother's problems when she had them. So, so I even had an infatuation over this one boy in college, and it was really bad. I grew obsessed over him. I thought I was in love with him. He didn't feel the same way. And for three weeks, he didn't want to speak to me. And it hurt. I later on developed manic symptoms of him, heard his voices in my head all the time, couldn't get him out. I did, I said things to the rabbi of my Hillel that we were engaged, we were going to get married, and I remember going from room to room looking all over for him, and it was really painful, but, you know, I didn't know what was going on with me. I mean, one time I even phoned him at 6 a.m., and that wasn't really me. That was the mania that took over. So um, I had no control of myself. And one manic episode that I would not forget was when I was lying on my parents' sofa and I thought I heard people praying to me outside my window as if I was a special prophet. So um, you, you know, can it's, imagine. It's, and in I can my... imagine, Linda, but I'm, uh, what I'm wondering is how much people really do understand about mental illness and why there's so much negativity around it. What you're describing to me, see, I, I don't know that much. I know personal experiences where I've gone through periods of depression, even even when I was much younger, but even to the point of not wanting to take another breath. But I've never understood the hallucinatory experiences that you're describing, and I didn't know that that was part of bipolar. Yes. I, oh, the, so... I mean... You, it's what, there's another term for it. It could be also called 
schizoaffective disorder because sometimes you have developed certain symptoms that are only result in schizophrenia. So I developed certain psychotic symptoms, but it was still bipolar because I had other symptoms like um, bad judgment, um, very, very talkative, overly excited, overly happy, um, racing thoughts. I mean, um, if if you read about it um, in my book, you'd understand um, the certain symptoms that come with having a manic episode. Linda, that was very brave of you to sit down and tell the truth. I know that it takes a certain amount of strength to say to the world, look, this is what I experienced, and I'm stronger, and I'm healthier, and I am really doing well now, but I want to share this to help you. How did you get that courage up? Well... I think it has to do a lot of my faith in uh, my religion and in God. Somehow I said to myself, I do not want to become like my mother just sitting at home. I do not just want to keep collecting Social Security disability benefits. I also want to work. And I knew how hard that was going to be. But then I found organizations that could help me, like NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, um, certain um, vocational programs for people with disabilities. I'm sure you've also heard of BESID. And uh, they sent me to supported employment programs. And it wasn't really until after I got married that I decided to go for a career in mental health. And I didn't know that that would be my calling in life. But I think, you know, when you have a mental illness, it changes you. And I knew I couldn't go back to the business world. So very often the business world is stressful. And if you've got any kind of feelings of anxiety or self, you know, you're not sure of yourself, the business world can be so rough Mm -hmm. that it can exacerbate it. And yes. make you feel even worse about yourself. So you made a really good decision. But, I, you know, I really want to piggyback off of something you said. It's amazing because God really does point us in the right direction. And I do believe that finding your calling is something that we, he opens doors and allows us to see. Some of us choose to open our eyes 
and see it and others don't. You're one that saw it and said, this is where I belong. This is where I can help other people. This is my strength. This is my gift from God. So you did suffer a great deal. And I want to go back to that when you said you grew up a depressed child and your mom your mom had this mental illness. And in some way, I guess what you suffered was environmental and hereditary. Yes. So you had to come home every day from school to a mother who really couldn't handle her own life, let alone yours, when you needed support. That's very sad. You're you're a very strong woman. How is your mother today? Well, my mother died of cancer 14 years ago. So sorry. And my father died five years ago. They had a rough uh, All I'm left is... Um, well, I mentioned this um, cousin named Sharon in my book, but really she is my sister, Susan. And my sister, Susan, also is seriously mentally ill, but she is in extreme denial. She will not admit that she has a mental illness. She afraid of the stigma she's afraid she thinks she is the strong one and i'm the weak one and so does she do you have a relationship with her with with you being so frank and honest about what you have learned about yourself you have learned about your mother you have learned about the heredity part of it how do being that she denies, possibly, possibly you don't have a good... I don't have a good relationship. In fact, a co- I tried everything I possibly could to get her help. I tried assisted outpatient treatment. That didn't work. I tried to get her a guardian. I lost the case. So... Um, she's got all these lawyers and judges fooled. And she can be very manipulative. And, and um, I can't believe how manipulative. Well, Linda, I think that's very true of, of many people who have mental illness. They really know how to manipulate people that they need to manipulate to serve their purposes. Mm-hmm. And I guess, is she your older or younger sister? She's 13 months younger than age. <laughs> well, that creates a problem almost in any family, particularly yeah. two girls. But I'm, I'm sorry that she's suffering and in some way, in some way, I kind of get it because even though I I have a disability, it happens to be a mobility disability, but mm-hmm. I hid it as long as it was possible. If I was able to not take any lengthy walk with someone so they would 
see me limping or something, I would do it. And for many, many years, I was so manipulative because I was so afraid of being judged. So I think a lot of people that have a disability, and I think mental illness is no different than any other Mm -hmm. disability. If it's managed, you live a wonderful, healthy life. If it's unmanaged, then that's when the problems really begin. Now, your mother had treatment, but they could never help her. Is it because it was a lot earlier than it is today where we have so many medications that can help people? Do you well, that my works? mother, I mean, she didn't like to take medications, but she knew she was sick mentally. That she knew, but she didn't like to take the meds. So hard uh, for a child. And often there were there were fights between my parents, and they even thought of getting a divorce at one point. But my father made the sacrifice because he knew my mother couldn't handle it on her own by herself, and he wanted to keep us together. That was that was very very wise and it was very kind on his part yeah linda we're going to take a very very short break we're going to be right back i want to know about the book i want to know uh what you're doing right now i know you've written two books one is a children's book i want to know about uh the fact that you're an advocate and the stigma that society has towards people with disabilities, period. All of them. They all judge people with disabilities, mental illness, even more because they know so little about it. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. Sign up today for my weekly radio show announcements and guest information and receive a free chapter of my newest book, Dancing on Your Disabilities, Never Say Impossible to Your Dreams, My Story of Perseverance, Passion, Hope, and Happiness. Dreams do come true despite adversity. If I can do it, you can do it too. And here we are again. You are listening to NSI and DOOD Radio. I'm Myra, the host, and we have a fabulous guest, Linda Barron-Katz. She's an author, she's an advocate, and she works in the field of mental illness. Linda, tell me about the book. When did you say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to find it cathartic? Well, one of the selfish reasons that I wanted to write the book, well, I was unable to have children of my own. So I wanted, I could not leave a legacy. Part of me wanted to be remembered. I felt that, you know, why don't I write a book? And then the second thing is, I wanted to educate people who have mental health problems that recovery is possible, that you can get treated, you can get better, you can work, you can do something productive with your life. 
You can develop a relationship. You can get married. You can make a successful life. That's a beautiful lesson because everybody wants to be respected by society. I think it's a misconception on the part of the public that some people want to sit home and just receive disability, which is being, which is close to starvation anyway. So uh, I think if a person has a choice, there are always frauds within any system, but Mm -hmm. that's not the norm. The norm is it's the last resort. Everybody wants to have a purpose in life. Everybody wants to have a reason. And I think that advocating, helping, coming clean, saying, look, look at me today. I'm a healthy married woman working, changing society, changing attitudes. You're the shining example of what can be done when a person stops hiding behind the fear of being discovered. Meanwhile, everybody generally knows if you have a disability, but people pretend they don't. And they fool the person that they're fooling is themselves. So I think it's a very, very positive thing that you're doing. And tell me about your job. Um, My job is wonderful. Um, I work two days a week as a peer. You can call it a peer advocate. I like calling it peer specialist. I recently just got my certification. So I'm a certified peer specialist. So I really like the job. I work with uh, seniors who have mental illness, and I help them on their goals and their recovery. And I think one of the difficult aspects about the job is, you know, when you hear of a member committing suicide and you've worked with them and they seemed intelligent, looked good, looked well, and they seemed they were on their way to recovery, and then you hear that they committed suicide and you just get shocked and you can't believe it. And Well, these are people with depression and dementia or... or no, otherwise. not dementia. Uh, just um, people with mental illness, could be depression, bipolar. We work on their goals and their recovery. Like I do certain wellness workshops recovery workshops, addiction workshops, goal-setting workshops. We also have an art therapist, so they do art in class, and it is really, really nice. It It sounds wonderful. Really, homie. I'm trying to get a better job, though, because I think I got fulfilled. But there are times when, like this week, I had so I was I got real worried, upset, 
this weekend. I was worried about thinking of my life, the future, thinking of, like, about my sister and her future. And it was building up, and I just collapsed. You had an anxiety and attack. I had, well, you can call it that. You can call it a depression attack. Even now I've recovered, I'm in, still in recovery, there are still times when I can get really depressed and down. And sometimes I just need to take a mental health day to myself because I don't want to go in crying upset to the members. And that's not a healthy way to come into work. And my supervisor is very understanding about this. And that's one of the good benefits of being a peer because they know you've lived with a mental illness. And I think another hard part for me is things I teach the members, the clients, I have to teach to myself. And sometimes I can forget that. Sometimes I don't, but sometimes I can forget that. And, um, and, but in the next day or two, I find myself happy again, good again. I think that what you're describing is something that many people struggle with, probably not to the extent that you do, but we all have highs and lows. And um, yours may be a little more extreme. I've had very, earlier in my life, I've had really, really deep lows, early, like late teens. I know when they're coming. I can feel it. And I know that what heals me, and I think you've learned that too, and you probably have a certain amount of medication. Art is a wonderful healer. Anything that has to do with creativity. And like you said, taking a day for yourself, um, maybe doing something that you've been putting off because you were busy at work. So you're really an amazing lady. And the very fact that you chose to help people who, who don't know how to lift themselves out of the black hole of, of depression, you know, even with medication, you have to work on it to get to the point where you feel better about yourself. So I love what you're doing. Now, what would you say to someone who's going to listen to this, who suspects that their partner or their child, or even themselves, has real serious feelings of depression or anger, or maybe themselves talking too much, they're finding that they can't control their behavior. What would you say to them? Or they're watching their child who's suddenly different. They're, they're a teenager at 13 years old is very different than the child at nine. And now this 13-year-old is locking themselves in their room, spending excessive time on 
the internet, maybe hanging out with the wrong people and not hanging out with anyone. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? I would say mental illness can happen at any time, at any age, and that it's something that you shouldn't be ashamed of. And it's something that if you get treatment earlier for the child, it is better because um, they will be able to learn to mature themselves, to grow, to change, to better themselves in life, to be prepared for what life brings. So I would tell them there are very good benefits to seeing a child psychiatrist or a therapist. And if a person starts at a young age, it would be the best thing for the child and for the parent, too, because the parents need to learn, too. You know, a child, one of the, my children's book that I co-authored with my husband, Peter and Lisa, um, I we wrote that because we know how mental illness can be, and it could be really difficult for a child to understand if the parent has a mental illness. A lot of people, children ages five, six, seven, do not understand what their parent is going through. I was 10 years old when my mom developed mental illness, and I didn't know what was happening to her. I couldn't understand it really well, and it scared me. My mother scared me, and I got scared. And you really had a rough time. That's difficult. And I, how can a ten-year-old understand that? You know, it takes time for that child to grow to the point where they say, "My mom or my father or my sister or my brother has an illness," because mental illness, unlike other illnesses, it's not a visible thing. You know, you can't look and say, well, they can't see or they can't walk or they have cerebral palsy or something like that. It's more of an invisible disability that mm -hmm. no one knows about. Yeah. The family and the person that suffers with it. I went to three years of therapy at uh, in my late teens, three years. And oddly enough, my brother became a psychiatrist. So I totally understand what you're talking about. Uh, how do people get your books? People can get my books on Amazon, bondandnoble.com, or through my website, and your website is? My website is surviving-mental-illness.com. Wonderful. That's great information. And do you do 
speaking engagements. Oh, yes. Sometimes I do. I haven't very much this year, though. Um, my publicity hasn't taken off. Go to the Rotary. If the Rotary invites you to speak, mm-hmm. they have um, district governors. So yes. Are you in New York? Are you, are you in New York? Yes, I am. I know of the Rotary. Yeah, and if since you have books, if you sell your books in the back of the room mm-hmm. and Speaking to people who don't understand is a wonderful thing. I I love speaking and sharing my story and your story is inspiring for anybody. Yes. I mean, you know, depression is something that can hit anybody at any age. And sometimes it's caused by external circumstances. Let's say a person has a life-altering change. Something Mm -hmm. happens and they... They just feel their life is over for whatever it is. You can name any number of things that can affect a person that way. And they need help, and very often they don't go for help. Mm -hmm. They suffer in silence. They close themselves off from the world. And I think it's just fabulous that you and your husband have a great relationship. That's beautiful. Yeah, and my husband also has a mental illness. Mm -hmm. And it's great. Our relationship, because it works out. When I'm down, he's up. When he's down, I'm up. And we're there to support one another. That's what you need in a relationship. Understanding, support, respect, trust. So true. And what you're saying is so important. And reaching out and being honest is the way to do it. I want to say, Linda, I'm proud of you. Thank you. And you should be proud of yourself for what you're doing. (laughs) I've been a podcaster for well over five years, and I've had very few people as open and as honest as you. And that is really a feather in your cap because we all have something. We all have problems. We all have to deal with them. And mental illness for so many years has a stigma that people just shun. Oh, don't tell anybody. Don't even tell anybody that you have to go for help. I don't agree with that. I I think that if honesty is the best policy and we get to understand other people and we in the process we understand ourselves. Linda, I know you probably will write another book. Maybe another children's book? And I don't know. Uh, it's too expensive trying to market these two books. Actually, right now I'm trying to promote my two books. Well, I know time will, will pass and you will do very well. Do a, a GoFundMe or something because there's so many people to raise more money so that you can promote your book more. But there's so many people that would want to help because this is an issue that plagues the world. Thank you for spending time out of your busy day today. And you are definitely a welcome guest. Just let me know next time you want to talk about this again or go into another aspect of it. I'm more than willing to have you back. Okay.
Thank you. And thank you out there in cyberspace for listening. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash Never Say Impossible Radio. And the second page is facebook.com, Dancing on Our Disabilities. Remember to like the page when you visit. You can also find us listed as NSI N-D-O-O-D Radio, those are all capital letters, on Stitcher.com, iTunes.com, on TuneIn.com, on TalkShoe.com, and my website at MyraGoldick.com in the show archives and blog section. And until next time, remember to never say impossible. Linda didn't. And when that music starts to play, Never choose to sit it out. Dance, if only in your heart and mind. You've been listening to Dancing on Our Disabilities, a production created for the people and by the people. If you wish to contribute information, your story, or reliable, validated medical information to our program, please visit Myra Goldick or visit our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash dancing on our disabilities. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.